welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 8, Episode 5, Final Destination. I'm your co-host, Denali. Am I next? Am I next? <laughs> I, I'm your co-host, Ryan. I'm your co-host, Chase, and uh, you certainly are next because I'm not making it skip. Oh, man. I'm not, I, I can't. What if I... I don't have the vision. I, yeah, I mean, you could have cut Ryan off before he announced himself and then saved Ryan from having to announce himself in the show. Oh. Is that how it works? This movie's I, crazy, so, so, guys. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one thing. <laughs> I finished it within the last 10 minutes, and yeah. I... <laughs> we <jumped laughs> literally right on the mic so like the epilogue is fresh in my brain and i have had zero time to dwell (laughs) on like how the mechanics of this movie works yeah ryan i think all three of us watch this movie same day and i feel like we're just slipping into a sloppier and sloppier episode because i think more of us are watching it within the same hour of our podcast as the season progresses i think we need to go live baby (laughs) we We need to do like a we need to do a riff while we're watching the movie is what I think. Riff tracks a movie. That's our final destination. <laughs> Next season, it's going to be all live, baby. No cuts. That's an easy, I think it's a, mo- that's a monumental undertaking. Because it is. like, if we want to have funny commentary, yeah. we're going to have to be talking over the movie playing in the background. Because we can't pause well, we it. We can't just play unless, the movie. Unless we. We can't even play uh, most of the movie. We I might mean, not even get away with this at all. Because guys, like, our, this is copyright. Our episodes are as long or longer than the as movies a movie, we watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, I, I, I see it this way as like yeah. you know, if we talk over something, we'll miss a critical detail, and then we're gonna have to rewind. You know, so yeah, I had no, to rewind was, in this movie. Anyways. I did too. I did too. And it'd be hard to fit the quizzes in. You'd probably have to do it during the boring parts and like the long intro. Right. Maybe we can fit in a game. I also show. had to rewind once because at the very end, I thought one of the other characters called someone Brian, and I was like, "There's nobody named Brian." Brian in this in this scene and I rewound rewound it and he's like you were right Brian <laughs> did he say Brian and I think I think maybe they changed the character's name after <laughs> it was filmed that was such a good take you were right Chris <laughs> no we can't fucking you put stick keep the Brian take god damn it we're out of money we're out of money um well we're a podcast folks the three of us together make a podcast called Good Boys Gone Bland, uh, where we watch and review 10 movies of a similar actor or subject. And what's the subject, Ryan? What's what's the subject we got going this season? Oh, yeah, that's me. We're watching 10 Sean William Scott movies. Beep, beep, beep. He's, uh, you know, you love him. You might not know him by name, but you love him. He's the <laughs> other dude in a lot of movies, and we're finding out which movies... He's the other dude the best in? Yeah. <laughs> He's like funnier Hugo Weaving, you know, where it's like they what? both got the intense eyebrows because everyone knows Hugo oh. Weaving as the guy, right? He's the guy. You see him in Lord of the Rings. You're like, oh, it's that no guy. No way. Hugo Weaving's never been the number two in a movie like ever. In The Matrix? Lord of the no, Rings, ne- he was no, number uh, two. Morpheus is number two. You <laughs> don't think Mr. Smith's number two? Okay, no Elrond is number two in the Lord of the Rings. Um, Excuse me? Is Elrond... You know, behind Sam and Frodo, who are <laughs> one person and two people, you're saying that Elrond made characters is the number Frodo, two. Frodo, Elrond, Elrond, and Frodo's chemistry was off the chain. It was. Dude. It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sean William Scott, he's got a decorated career. All you need to do is Google this guy, and you see his face, and they're like, "Oh, I fucking know that." Guy. I've done that to five people now. Yeah, but you have to Google his face for the people to know that. Nobody is right. ever like, "Oh." Yeah, I like go- that guy. <laughs> Google Sean William Scott face, and you'll know immediately 
uh, what we're I don't think you about. have to add face. Well, it, it might help. It might just show other like. You think it's just his chest? If you want to, Sean William Scott ripped abs will also oh, yeah. eventually show That's you a, his that'll face. That'll come from the rundown. Yeah, it's also a good choice. Um, and we also we call him Swiss on this podcast. S W S. So if you hear us saying Swiss instead of saying the mouthful, that's Sean William Scott. Just know we're talking about this guy. Um, it's a sick nickname that I came up with. Um, not me? to toot my own horn. Didn't, didn't Jace come up with that? No, Denali no, did, and then was, you were like, the oh, I hate to give you that because it was so good. <laughs> it was on our Evolution episode. Check the tapes, Ryan. But we're halfway through this season. We've watched a good amount of Sean William Scott movies. Um, how are we feeling about Swiss this far in? At the halfway point. He's def- he's providing some well-needed levity yeah. and love to these films. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to come to talk about it. I'm a little upset about his volume in this one. But he, he made the funniest scene in this movie. <laughs> and I think, that's what yeah. I needed. That's what I needed. That that's his role too. Like when whenever he's on the screen, I'm like I'm smiling. I'm watching because he's gonna say something dumb or he's gonna like you know, I don't know. He's gonna move the plot forward. He's usually not a character you throw in there when like the plot's not going somewhere. Yeah, I think pound for pound, is he the most effective actor we have? In as right. far as like when he's in a scene, <laughs> he pretty much always makes me laugh or smile or like it's always exactly what he intends to do in a scene. I've never seen Sean William Scott biff it for some reason. He's and a, like he's like a scalpel, right? Yeah, he's so pre- he's precise. Yeah. Well, you, like, know? you don't want you don't want him to cut through bone, you know. No. He, he's not what stitches you back up afterwards. Yeah. But he gets the job done when you want this, like, one thing done. Yeah. He's, N- he's not a, a lot of botched jobs, either. He's a specialized tool, you mean. Well, I'm also making a further metaphor about the scalpel itself. Like, he's, he's sharp. Sh- sh- he's shiny. You know, he's sharp. They, Donald, they, they, like, they, like, like he him. cuts. He does things. Okay, like, one yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He slices uh, he slices. The scenes. No, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so it's, like it's, if mm-hmm. if you were to describe like an actor that would be like a clamp. Buy them in okay. a bag. I would say Jason 40. Statham, big clamp. Okay, he's you know? he's Jason yeah. Yeah. Dave Batista, you know, like bone saw. Right, right. Sean William Scott is a scalpel. He can't do the whole surgery. Yeah. But he, he he slices like he's very now I'm losing it. He cuts he cuts into the scenes with his funniness. Uh-huh. And Jason Statham's not funny at all. And so he like squishes the scenes. A scalpel could cut cheese, which is cheese a phrase for good. Farting, which is funny. Which Fart. is something he could do and I would laugh. Jace gets it. I think I came back around, Ryan, on your metaphor. Uh, Jace and I got a C in English class, so <laughs> metaphors are very difficult for us to understand. Um, this movie Final Destination. Not to get into the synopsis yet, right? I mean, we watched this movie. It's a classic from the 2000s, just like pretty much every Swiss movie we've seen so far. It's somehow a classic that like had huge, like influential effects on movies afterwards. Have you guys seen Final Destination before this? That's an interesting question because I thought I had. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I feel maybe I just had a premonition about it. <laughs> I'm imagining we probably, for some reason, all saw the second one. I've seen the second okay, one. I thought yeah. this one was going to be the one where there's like a photograph, right? That's the, that's the second or third one with the photos. Yeah. Look at this photograph. Which one? I, You're going to fucking I, I die. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which one has the logs? Or like that's the road the trip. One. Okay. That's the second one. And everyone remembers the logs. Every everyone, single person. That's the most famous thing of the <laughs> whole the series. Logs. The logs through the face. But how is the roller coaster not the most famous but one? But the thing, 
I think what's interesting is that I so I was in Boston this weekend. I just okay. got back, walked in the door, put this movie on. I considered yeah. watching it in the car. <laughs> but I put this movie, movie on, finished, came on the podcast a couple minutes late even. But I was talking to my friends I was staying with about having to watch Final Destination with you guys. And they were like, no, don't watch that. That that like scarred us as a kid. What? <laughs> and yeah, they're saying like all our friends yeah. had seen it when it was like coming out, or at least maybe even one of the sequels, maybe number two. And they were like, Yeah, we all have like both of us talk about this every now and then, like the logs coming through the window. We're scared about that. And on the way to Boston, Julie hadn't seen this movie before, I hadn't seen any of them. Yeah. And we were behind a, a truck with logs. Oh shit. And I made her switch lanes. And did, and then another car got impaled they by lies. Completely fucking obliterated. <laughs> you're, yeah. fucking you're on the <laughs> list now, dude. <laughs> so, Whole, uh, yeah. Did Allie, I want to just go circle back to that. The reason that right. people aren't really afraid of the roller coaster thing and they're afraid of the log thing is that a roller coaster was designed by an engineer, but a sweaty dude that's been driving for 80 hours straight. <laughs> Is in control of the logs. And, you know... it's a good point. One of the things that's in the news right now, the train yeah. derailments. Oh, you know? you're right. Yeah. So it, it could be just like corporate negligence. Like, once again... I think on, the... So I think maybe this evidence... This... Uh, sorry. I think this movie might be evidence against the fact that, like, these recent deregulations are responsible for the train derailments. Because yeah, you think it's this kid instead? Did you notice... Yeah. Did you notice 20 <laughs> years ago when this movie was made... Yeah. That the train didn't stop after it hit a fucking car. <laughs> it just uh, they do fuck, not care about the, like, going. what's going on <laughs> with Did, the trains. They're just running them. This movie was an indictment on the transportation industry. We saw, actually, wait, wait, we saw a public bus hit a person in this movie. Twice. Didn't stop, right? Didn't stop. The plane exploded. I mean, that's... I think Man. I think we saw someone die in every type of transportation. What if this movie is completely explained by one person yeah. in this town who was like an engineer or something, and they, or maybe the safety inspector, and they totally yeah. faked their credentials? Yeah, <laughs> and, and they've been just signing off on inspections like, oh, that they don't Jesus know how to perform. Christ, breaks are good. Like that scene in Fletch where yeah. Chevy Chase is like checking the plane and he doesn't yeah. know where like any of the compartments are. Yeah, and he's like he also uh, has like one weird consulting day where he's like looking at like this uh, this like drying rack and he's like, oh yeah, there's no way someone's gonna fall into this. This is totally this is totally. Maybe above it's board. our education system that this movie is indicting. Yeah, he's like, oh, this computer, this definitely won't explode if you f- spill one drop of water on it, <laughs> sending shrapnel straight through. Also, this throat. vodka is actually like 100% ethanol. But regarding this movie. Um, I was thinking about people kind of cite this movie about their like when they talk about plane phobia. Um, Hmm. And and to be clear, you know, I haven't seen this movie, you know, before. I think I saw the intro on FX like most Sean William Scott movies was on FX all the time. But like people think about this movie when it comes to plane phobia, like it was a terrifying plane coming apart scene. Uh, But it got me thinking, is there a way that us, the GBGBs, you know, we're, we're a great think tank. Is there a way we can make planes better, safer, maybe or more enjoyable yeah, uh, I don't know passengers. why planes don't have parachutes. Pa- planes like, don't have parachutes. Like the plane itself, not okay, the people. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit to, um... No, pl- the engines stop. <laughs> starts falling out of the sky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Boom, parachutes up. Parachutes. Giant ones. Size of a f- football field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the plane would float safely to the ground. Right. Or just put helicopter propellers on top. Uh, yeah, extra helicopter propellers. Would... I, I have no avionics experience, but like, I why does that sound like a good idea? I don't know why that wouldn't work. 
they do that they put it on spaceships right like like a fucking <laughs> it can stop the space shuttle i think it can, it can stop, stop you know jace you have your engineer just parachute on a boeing um i'm gonna go ahead and guarantee that a boeing yeah seven this would probably be a triple seven max or something because it's an international plane okay um would it need landing i'm gonna gear? guess it might weigh you know away right. fucking more than the spaceship does <laughs> okay 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 what about thrusters thrusters up up thrusters. additional thrusters yes. so the engines yeah. that aren't working now you need new you ones don't use those ones <laughs> that you know um okay jace has a point unless trampolines you're ooh pre-deployable trampoline system right pdts okay, we always ryan you keep coming back to the trampoline solution but you, you, you're just talking about dropping dr- trampolines from like the the manifest the, when you, know, you, the, you get to 100 feet the plane's okay. coming down <laughs> <laughs> you have it you have, in case it's coming down straight you got yeah, a, yeah. one in the, you got one trampoline in the nose right and then you got a couple stowed in like the landing gear wait is the trampoline for the plane or the, for the people falling the out of plane. it the plane <laughs> Wait, so a, a full-ass, Jace, can a full-ass 777 take a trampoline bounce, like, from a decent, big enough trampoline? Um, He's Googling. He's, well, I'm doing I'm yeah. doing some Googling. A, can we ask ChatGPT? Wow. I feel like he knows a lot of stuff. The Orbiter Space Shuttle Fact Sheet. So there's a, a, a blurb at the top of Google about the Space Shuttle Fact Sheet. Oh, that's got to be something completely different. This weighs 4.5 million pounds. Planes weigh 4.5 million no, no, pounds. Okay. There's so no way that's the true. The space that shuttle, true? an empty space shuttle, okay. weighs 165,000 pounds. And a seven, a 777 maximum takeoff weight is 545,000 pounds. So that plane going to France yeah. weighs like f- four times as much as a space shuttle. So we okay. get five parachutes. Five parachutes. Is, yeah, five that's, where parachutes. I was, that's where I was going. Yes. <laughs> you have to equally just, you, you space them out. Yeah. So, okay, we got parachute. We got trampoline. Honestly, trampoline might be a good idea for NASA for landings. Um, I was also thinking like ejection seats. You know how like like Top Gun, they have ejection seats and the seat has a parachute that shoots out. Oh, Why don't yeah. we have 150 ejection seats? It would look pretty sick seeing everyone fire off from the plane like like, yeah, like a like bunch a, of flares. Like a, yeah, like in a space movie when they have to get to the pods. Yeah, yeah. And then they all, they all jettison and everyone's in a sick parachute. It is super important that the roof opens up yeah and that's going to be a really important part of the design to make the roof blow open in time for the ejections and i guess like if one person pulls the ejection thing i think everyone would have to eject at the same time otherwise like it would kind of create like a weird you know situation right right and you can buy you can pay for a seat that ejects earlier <laughs> closer to the front yeah spirit <laughs> airlines is like you know it might not crash but it could Wait. And or the, the parachutes don't even open. The seats don't even eject unless you pay a subscription you, fee. Oh, it's yeah, bring like your own. That, that's the, that's the BMW version. <laughs> Fight, the fire bursts out and like the tap to yeah. pay thing on your card lights up <laughs> on, on your seat. <laughs> You're like, Come on! oh fuck, <laughs> my pa- my hands are too sweaty. I can't hit it. Wait, so that's that's just you pay half price for a seat without a parachute or an ejection seat. Right. Yeah. I think most people would pay. I for think they that. should also I'd charge for the yeah. oxygen masks. Oxygen's not free. That's true. That's a commodity. It's a, it's a, it's it's a luxury. Commodity. Air's already got oxygen in it. You don't like it? You want pure stuff? Yeah. Okay. So another idea to make planes safer or more enjoyable. Maybe have it all be window seats. Um, windows on both sides. Making convertible. Yeah. Oh, convertible. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so everyone has a, 
has oxygen masks. Pop the top. <laughs> what? A- <laughs> Whole flight. So everyone's just windows that open. <laughs> the wind is just whipping. <laughs> being behind the person who's like no i want to put my window down (laughs) (laughs) someone else roll it down is doing that weird warbly thing (laughs) i'm gonna smoke this cigarette (laughs) what about Um, you know how in the 2000s we had those video game controllers that were like see-through the mm-hmm. clear plastic mm-hmm. i want planes to be made out of that mm-hmm. stuff oh i thought you meant like controller have those controllers on the planes because <laughs> they look <laughs> sick okay so the plane is see-through so you can see through and see all the parts and how they work right. and that's kind of cool for the kids too right uh what about the toilets like what if you can see how the the dookie goes in the toilet yeah you can hey, see man. into the bathroom because all yeah. the plastic's clear <laughs> so you're sitting there that's, like oh, oh. <laughs> otherwise it's just like four bathrooms flying through the air with a bunch of parts and people in it live by the wildcats die by the wildcats yeah okay okay sweet um maybe okay let's let's think more bathrooms because i always feel like they're more occupied so maybe let's have more bathrooms than seats on a one plane. bathroom per person yeah exactly. one bathroom yeah. per person so I have 150 bathrooms i mean you kind of yeah. could have that already in the in the seat if you're on you know if you were willing to just <laughs> piss yourself did, wait, did nobody nobody yeah, made a wait. comment too in this movie when the car uh character carter pe- yeah peed himself did he pee himself somebody peed the himself? tough guy peed himself when he got the, his car got hit by the train huh i don't even he gets see, no, pulled we got, out we got we got to wait for the movie discussion yeah. that's put a tack in it though because i want to talk about Jeez, this louise what do i want to tack in it okay i like toilets in every seat so that any of us can, you know, do the business if we need to immediately. Um, so what's the law where, like, the airline is governed by the, the place that it's headquartered at, right? Okay. Like, Jace, when yeah. you were flying to Europe, but you were underage, you could still drink on the plane because those places had a lower drinking age, right? Oh, weird. Uh, once you were outside of the U.S. airspace or something, yeah. Oh, okay. But what about like casinos on the plane and just yeah. base the airlines out of Nevada? Out of, out of Las Vegas. You can gamble mm. on the planes and instead yeah. of TVs, there's slot machines in front yes, of you. Yes, exactly. That's where I was going. <laughs> the plane always wins. Right. Um, and that lowers your ticket cost. Okay, okay. Casinos, that's a good idea. What's something that's illegal? Water parks. <laughs> water parks. What? Water, where are water parks illegal? I don't know. I, Arizona, I like, where it's dry. <laughs> I feel like they can't have... There's no water parks in Arizona. I just... I know that in my bones. Um, Maybe a sick water park on a plane. Water slide. Any... It's like any, a cruise. Yeah, a cruise. Like a plane... Like an air cruise. Um, okay, I have a question. Yeah. Does gravity technically get weaker? Like, mm. when, you, when you're further away from the Earth's surface? Oh, yeah, like the R-squared rule, right? Yeah, Minutely, they could put yeah. a gym on the plane, and you okay. could bust out your PRs. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and then when they're landing, because the gravity's lower, you can really oh, yeah. get a huge PR, and you wouldn't even have to do any, like, editing or Photoshop or anything for your videos. Yeah. That's a good, so a plane that could fake your uh, lifting just, PRs. Yeah, it's just for power lifters. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, no, this is a good idea. That's, that's pretty good. What about a plane that lets you steer for a while? Like, um your seats like you can pay a certain amount of money and oh you get a and it's an open-ended ticket and you can and you, yeah, can, you, can, you land whatever city you get to yeah and you can steer a while and everyone just kind of bids to be the next steering guy for the or next a plane hour. that's uh controlled by like uh you know how they did like twitch plays pokemon yeah <laughs> everybody has a keypad on their thing they did choose up or down <laughs> left and right this plane's been in the air for eight months <laughs> they could be fun so twitch twitch flies i think that'd be yeah that'd be twitch cool. flies yeah 
Is there any anything else? Any any other ideas? I'm pretty dry. I think and something interesting too is like you know how in this movie the beginning ten minutes or so is is him seeing things that are like associated with death. Right. Yeah, yeah. You you mean the first ten minutes after the ten minutes that were just a fan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, no. That's what. That's the reason I was late. Those, that fan scene. It's like Jesus Christ. Get it over with. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but uh, what about like in the airport? There's subliminal messages about how your flight's gonna go. You know? Oh yeah. And like, if you figure out the code, then you prevent it from happening. Like Wait. on the on the terminal thing, it'll say like "stinky dude," <laughs> and like every like for two seconds every minute, yeah, right? And you're like, "What?" And then you'll go by a shoe sign shop, and you'll walk by it, and they'll say like "shoeless," and you'll do a double take, and then yeah. they'll be back to shoe shine. So design an airport to send these subliminal messages to people, essentially, where it'll yeah. be like, "Oh, disgusting pretzels," and then you you're trying to avoid it, and yeah, then yeah, it's give like them an a escape price. room. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if you figure it out by the time your plane leaves, <laughs> by the time you're boarding, then it doesn't yeah. happen. Yes. Can you imagine getting on a flight where it's like a murder mystery escape room flight? And that it's would like be not, fun. It's Ooh. not what you what you signed up for. Like maybe it's like you know you're on like a business trip and you're just kind of like fuck. I just want to get to work, and then you're on this murder mystery flight for 14 hours. That would that's a good idea. People would pay extra. I think so. Uh, so airlines, uh, hit us up. Hit us up for these ideas. You know, just just drop it in the chat. We uh, own them. We own these we, ideas. We own the ideas. Uh, good boys gone bland. Airlines. The other thing I was wondering uh, for you guys too, like if we were stuck in a scenario like this, like it's no secret that Final Destination is about people dying in ridiculous ways. If we were on a list like this, like what would we do in this scenario? I thought the main character's idea in this movie was the worst idea possible (laughs) go to a rusty old cabin yeah (laughs) full of danger i'd probably Um, just sit on the couch i feel like forming a union of people who are on a list and then like protecting the next one on the list with like an iron man suit or something uh, might be good because then everyone else is safe what if death can i think the thing about the like death is a vengeful bastard like mean like he's like okay this guy i'm gonna hit him in the balls really hard and then i'm gonna cut his head off <laughs> yeah so well, you know what if the iron man suit could get hacked oh yeah it's like an iron man 3 where it comes off into pieces and it just like rips the guy in half or something yeah i guess we're kind of thinking of like avengers if if it was final destination like if they got unsnapped and maybe the the gem wants everybody's soul back and so all the Avengers start dying in super ways. That's not. That's a good movie, right? So it's like a, it's one, one of those like the one the person they can't defeat is the Grim Reaper, and that's the one who Thanos is like trying to get with anyways in the comics. You know, Captain America. Maybe he's like shaving and then falls and falls on his shield and cuts his head off. Oh, nice. Sorry. Any other ideas? I don't know what the other Avengers do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Ant Man. Uh, he gets uh, he gets uh, so big uh, that he starves. He doesn't he doesn't eat any food. Or he gets really small while he's I eating the, a donut. I thought the, I thought the Ant-Man lore about how he would die was pretty well covered by the memes back like five <laughs> years ago. What uh, do you think yeah. food that's made bigger by um, okay. Ant-Man's science is edible at its new size? Does it have more calories? So like, I'm just thinking of Ryan having a really big Reuben sandwich. Yeah. I think you'd like that. Same density though, right? Like it wouldn't be like just the same weight except bigger. I don't remember how it works. Ant Man, Ant Man doesn't abide by the laws of physics. Like oh, he should theoretically, like he would stay the same weight and have the same amount of 
momentum, which he does sometimes, but other times yeah. he doesn't. I wish we had an ant season, guys. I wish we did the ant season. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe maybe in the future we can we can talk about this stuff. Well, listen, guys, I feel like we're getting too close to the movie talk. Maybe we should just we should just get into it. Yeah. Does that sound OK? Twenty three years ago, this movie came out, folks. And I'm going to look at the box office information because this movie, as I remember, was a runaway hit. This movie opened number three in the box office, making $10 million. This movie uh, actually ended up making 100 mil, over 100 mil during its run off a $23 million budget. So made like wow. half of it back. Opening weekend in 2000, a pretty good uh, showing by any measure. Number one that week is a movie I've never even heard of. <laughs> you guys even just want to try with this yeah. like the last couple episodes have been you terrible. guys have been really fucking beefing it <laughs> <These movies. laughs> i just do you even want to try yeah, number gonna, one not not for two minutes but like okay march 2020 no march yeah. two sorry march 2000 yes i was fucking seven years old yeah i don't know but march two. yeah you said you never heard of it i've never heard of this movie is it um, do you have like do you know an actor who's in it yeah, so let me give you let me give you some info. Actually, I'll, I'll give you like a ton of info. All right. Okay. <laughs> this movie made two hundred and fifty million dollars in the box office. Okay, keep that in mind. And I've never heard of it. It has Julia Roberts as the title like star. She is like the lead. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. and Aaron Eckhart. Mm. No, nope, nothing. I'm like trying to read the synopsis, and it's just it's like okay. Let me just let me just read the synopsis to you guys. All yeah, right? that's fine. Julia Roberts is a woman in a tight spot. Following a car accident in which she is not at fault, she pleads with her attorney to hire her at his law firm. She stumbles on some medical records placed in real estate files. She convinces the attorney to allow her to investigate where she discovers a cover-up involving contaminated water in a local community which is causing devastating illnesses among its residents. Anything. Is Flint, Michigan? I think there's a... Is John there was a mo- in this? No. <laughs> If there was a movie called Flint, Michigan, like 18 years before, um, that'd be extremely sad as well. Um, I don't know, but there's a very similar John Travolta movie called Civil Action. I don't think you guys are going to get this on your own, so I'm going to walk you up to it, okay? Okay. So, uh, I said this actor earlier. What's his name again? Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart. Okay, so take the first name of that, all right? Aaron Brockovich? Aaron. It's Aaron Brockovich. How did you get Aaron Brockovich, Ryan? <laughs> it's That's the movie. Aaron Brockovich is a real person. Yeah, so there was a movie, a biopic about Aaron Brockovich, and uh, that was number one at the box office, March 17th, 2000. I don't know what the state of movies was like in 2000. This I was didn't know that Matrix. Was, what, I, that was her start? What? Yeah, so I think it's about hmm. Aaron Brockovich. Like, it's, it's, it's about her life or something. Yeah, um, kind of a okay. crazy... Okay, so anyways, we got that as number one. Number two, I do know this movie, and I've seen it several times. It's a certain... It's a movie that takes place in space. I'm going to say that. Titan A.E. It's not Titan A.E. I wish it oh, was. Xenon uh, girl of the 21st century. You always fucking guess Xenon, and it's never Xenon, right? All right, this movie has Gary Sinise in it and Tim Robbins and Don Cheadle. Gary Sinise in a space movie? Yeah, he's in a space movie. And it's not Apollo 13? It's not. This made $111 million in the box office. Deep impact. It's a deep impact. You're, you're kind of close. Deeper impact. That's it. It's deeper oh. impact. No, it's not deeper impact. Oh. Okay, I'll give you another hint, all right? When you're angry, you're seeing this color. Red. Okay. Hunt for red so, October. <laughs> red no. Noba. 
so when something that's red and in space red you rum know, like red dwarf so it's it maybe does doesn't necessarily say red but the thing in space is red maroon fire visiting Ooh, it mars mars. Yes. mars yes so it's the mars Martian. mars attacks there was two mars movies that came out like back to back around two. this time mars attacks too it's not fucking Mars attacks. <laughs> it's these astronauts are going to Mars. So yeah. there was two movies about going to Mars, like back Space to back. Man, Ma- what Rocket Man. book about Mars them. that we read? Um, Jesus Christ. Red Martian. Rock. The Red Rock. <laughs> the Red Planet. The, it's, okay, oh, okay. Total it Recall. The com- the it's the sun. companion to the Red Planet. Blue Planet. Red Planet's Moon. It's not the, the, doc- the award winning documentary Blue Planet. <laughs> the Sun. Mars. Planet. Mars. Okay. What is what's a, an award-winning franchise that Tom Cruise was in? Ta, Transformers. Top Gun. It's not Top Gun. Just like what was his That's main a franchise. franchise? There are two of them. I, it's fucking. I guess oh. there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Great. Impossible Great. Mission, Mission Impossible to Mars. Mars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cut Impossible out. Keep Mission Mars. Mission. So if you if you have a movie called Mission Mars, that wouldn't make sense, right? You'd probably need a, a word. Mission in colon between. Mars. <laughs> You would need a word in between those two Mission words. for Mars. <laughs> <laughs> mission from Mars. Mission on Mars. There's, mission there's on no to, mission on to Mars. You guys, there's no fucking <laughs> way. You guys are serious right now. <laughs> mission, we're wishing we were on Mars. That's like six words, man. What are you doing? Is it only one word? It's one word between Mars. mission and mission and mars but put a word in between those two like a conjunction of some sort wishing yes kissing mars yes no 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 (laughs) mission wishing kissing mars what the fuck kind of movie it's like a you know like i'm imagining a young it's mission on mars it's not mission on mars are you guys fucking mission to mars it's mission to mars yes yeah never heard of it mission like two mars no it's two it's two oh t-o-o oh okay i get it two mission to mars you guys are fucking idiots Mission to Mars. Jace, you got it. I think this is the first time you got it before Ryan. Congratulations. Uh, it's the third was Final Destination. It was a slow-ass weekend, <laughs> I think, for the year 2000. Because uh, number four, I'm not even going to have you guys guess this. It's just... Uh, Legend of Bagger Vance. No, no. But I'm... Wow. That's... I might have, okay. Um, it's a dog movie. Marley and Me. No, it's 2000. Um, Unexpected Journey. You guys are not going to get this. Okay, Homer live Brown. action or uh, live action? Cartoon. Mm. It stars oh, Frankie Muniz. Fra- no, 1953's Old Yeller was not it. It stars Frankie Muniz. A.G. Cody Banks. Is he a dog? <laughs> it's okay. A.G. Right. Cody Barks. Yeah, it's oh. Agent Cody Barks. That's what it is. It's a, it's, it's a movie. Instead of running, you know, maybe when you want to, like, jump over something. Slide. Like it's Leap. A, Leap what's another year. word? When you're, like, holding arm in arm with someone and you're, skipping. like... Yes, yeah, skipping. So this would be kind of part of the title. Skip to Mars. You <laughs> Nothing to do with Mars. Throw Mars out. Skipping. Skip. See, it's skip, fucking, run. It's, it's, it's fucking my... It's my dog, Skip. It's, I'm not even, you guys are not going to get this. Oh. Have you guys seen this movie? Do you know no. this movie? 
I've heard about yeah. it. Okay, and folks at home, if you if you knew any of these movies, I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, look, this this is a slow weekend. Usually, like I think beginning of the year, first quarter, it's usually like pretty slow. Yeah, it's like pretty not slow. a lot of not a lot of bangers come out. Like, I'm surprised got... Final Destination wasn't a summer movie. Yeah, this really does seem like a summer movie, doesn't it? Um, not a lot of faith I think the studio had uh, when they put this out. But it was a runaway hit. And, and to kind of get into it, I mean, I didn't pre-prepare uh, a synopsis for this, but I mean, I think it's pretty simple. Basically, as we alluded to before, there is a bunch of teens going on like a France trip uh, on an airplane in the year 2000. And what happens is one of the teens on there named Alex, he gets like a premonition. He gets a fucking crazy ass dream that the plane is going to explode. Now he wakes up from this dream and freaks the fuck out prompting him and his friends to get kicked off the plane a bunch of his classmates get kicked off i think there was like about what seven or eight of them and then the plane uh uh-oh actually explodes hijinks ensue and alex is trying to figure out what the heck is going on here why did he have this premonition and they are eventually uncovering that death has a pattern death is a force of nature and if you thought you could run out on that check you're gonna have to pay that back so one at a time, these teens are getting hunted down by death itself, and they're trying not to die, guys. And that's uh, that's Final Destination. And I think each like each movie in this series kind of follows a similar format, and with this one being the plane, right? That's that's kind of like the thing that brings them together. So, what was your guys's kind of first impression going into this movie? Ten minutes of fan. <laughs> the fan had more screen time than Sean William Scott did. He did. He, the fan that was it the Typhoon fan or whatever the Typhoon fan. Yeah, Typhoon. Yeah, we kind of talked about this with other movies in the two thousands, like in Dude, Where's My Car, where like movies would have like a prelude, like an intro that's ten minutes long, and it would play like a score to get you in the mood. Yeah, and, and it would show well, like it's either montages. a score or it's like late nineties pop rock. You know, kind of yeah. like... You know, Look like, at this hey, photograph. we're going to high school and everybody's gonna love it. Me and my friends were yeah. kind of misfits, but by the end you're gonna think that we should be the cool kids because the cool kids are gonna be jerks and we're kind of nerdy. We play video games, but not the smart kind. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Um, is that <laughs> off the dumb dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie, and I, I kind of got that watching like the first Spider-Man from 2001. Um, Jesus Christ, that's like 15 minutes long. And going into it, I, it was kind of relaxing for me. Like it kind of gets you in the mood for the movie. They were showing depictions of death throughout history and like in literature. I thought that was cool, yeah. And it has, I think it has an original score, which was kind of like a thing of its time. Like when you're going into a movie like this, you're kind of expecting like a low budget shit fest. <laughs> And seeing something with like a theme going in is kind of like, oh shit, like this is this is gonna be a little different, I think. So I didn't mind the fan. I, I thought it was a little long for us modern <laughs> modern eyes. Uh, but one thing I noticed immediately was the acting. Like I don't know, was so good. Uh, holy shit, guys! This is like fucking like I don't know if it was the, the time before natural acting was like a thing. <laughs> but it seemed like everyone was like had a theater degree like we talked about before he's like oh gee mom i'm super worried about the plane oh well son you're just gonna have to buck up like there's just there's there's so much hamminess in the way they're talking not a hint Um, of subtlety in the acting i I wrote that as a note very theatrical very like we get a scene in the plane where we've got like six cuts to, mm-hmm. to different and, and everyone's like it's like <laughs> yeah, why emoting. are your eyebrows moving eight inches and somebody's like right <laughs> and one thing i loved about this movie in relation to that everything is leading up to death right everything is kind of hinting at it and the dad's line live it up alex you got your whole life ahead of you like he says it just like that 
Right. And I'm like, why and, is and everyone talking is like, like this? Whoa? Every I'm time, like, what the fuck, Dad? Yeah. You could you could take the home improvement whoa sound. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's going. Ooh. You could take that and put it over anybody's face when they react yeah. to something. Like the teacher when she's drinking the vo- or she's drinking the hot water, and she's like, ah, and she just throws it like for no reason, right? Like that didn't make <laughs> she any was sense. Shocked by the school mug. That's what it was. She was she was so traumatized. She threw the water out on the floor. Yeah. It's just everything. Yeah, I know. It's, it if was, if it they went lot. like kind of like funny. I don't know, but like this, this would almost do well as like a comedy horror, right? Like if they die in like really ironic, funny ways, then that almost like a Tucker and Dale versus evil. You you guys know that movie? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that was building off of this movie. But I mean, in some way, this movie is kind of like a black comedy where it's like, it's funny, but not in a very wet way. Like, I think you're supposed to kind of laugh at some of this stuff in here. Well, right. But that's the thing is like, I was thinking about how to categorize this movie and i don't think it i don't think it squits fair squits fair <laughs> I, don't think it, I don't think it fits squarely <laughs> yeah into the horror genre yeah but i i don't know what else to put it maybe psychological thriller or something but there's too much death for that but at the same time slashers like th- that's why i kind of push back on all horror movies being scary Right, because like slashers are horror movies, but they're not scary. And half the time in slashers, you're rooting for the bad guy because the deaths are hilarious. There's a couple deaths in some of the Friday the 13th movies where there's people just playing paintball in the middle yeah. of the day in the woods, and you're like, "Yeah, Jason's gonna come kill these," and they start like trying to paintball him, and he just you know like rips their arms off and stuff, and you're like, "Yeah,", yeah. and that <laughs> Ryan, you are like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ryan. Let's be clear. I think the regular listener to our podcast, as or you know, society as a whole, has not watched every single Friday the Thirteenth movie like you have. <laughs> We're just slowly peeling away the layers of Ryan's sadism. That might be scary to some people. (laughs) It's not. I I played him at my Halloween party for people who has said they hate horror movies, and I persuaded them to stay. And by the end of it, please stay and watch these movies. No, by the end of the movies, we're all like, uh, we're all cracking up, laughing at the funny haircuts and the funny kills. Yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. Like, there's definitely um, this movie is is kind of genre bendy. And I think at the yeah. time, it was kind of considered revolutionary a little bit um, because it kind of broke out of the mold of these typical teen horror movies. This wasn't like the other ones that came out at the time. And I, I think this one was was meant to be kind of fun. And speaking of fun, at, at about seven minutes in, we get our first appearance of our boy, Sean William Scott, uh, as Hitchcock, Bill Hitchcock, which I think is like kind of a cool like illusion, I think. His first appearance is like a gag. He gets handed like a heavy bag and falls over immediately. And as soon as that happened, it lightened the movie up for me. And I was like, ah, it's it's Sean. <laughs> um, I think I missed that. For, I, I didn't like, realize I it was have, him. I have written down, I think, that the first the first time I noticed him was coming onto the plane yeah. in the hockey jersey. And the subsequent, my whoppers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scene that kind of goes on. There was that's him seeing him eat whoppers like by the handful, and then watching him spill on the floor. Was so the funniest thing in the movie. <laughs> and they're just like rolling, and they zoomed in on them rolling around. You're like, oh no! And then the scene of him um, getting also thrown off the plane was hilarious to me because. Yeah. It's funny because he has nothing to do with the drama or any of this shit happening in this movie. He's totally disconnected. So there's another movie in here 
from his perspective. Yeah, he's just living life, and everywhere he goes, all his friends die. Yeah, and it's like he's not even really friends with them. Like, no, he's like he turns he's the, the main character he's coming back in from the bathroom. Kind of. That, that's why yeah. he got. That's why he got taken off the plane. Yeah, and as that kerfluffle was happening, he's just like, "Oh, excuse me, I'm just trying to get to my seat," and he gets pushed <laughs> off the plane. And he's like, "Oh, guys, I wasn't I was part ex- of this." I was also expecting. I don't know if you guys saw this. Some I was expecting someone to uh, like slip on the whoppers. Uh, yeah, I, I thought so too. And I thought like, the hit their head <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> the, well, um, I think whoppers paid to have them in the movie, and if it killed somebody, it probably wouldn't be. You know, I guess I didn't think about the fact that it that could have been product Those placement. Those whoppers looked pretty good. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of wished I had some when yeah. I saw that yeah. scene. Yeah, well, I hate whoppers, but yeah, I yeah. I could see what you mean by chocolate. So I think. And I'm going to say this here. I think it was an effective use of them when they're filming the crash scene. They're like, how can we generate and show that there is drastic movement happening here? Yeah. And the whoppers <laughs> for the next two minutes rolling across the floor in random directions as the plate is listing and tilting. 10 out yeah. of 10. Pretty smart. 10 out of 10. Pretty smart. Some stoned PA was like, wait, director, I have an idea. We can really make this. He's eating whoppers. He he looks down at his hand, looks at the set, and the director's like, how can we show that the plane is rolling all over the place? And the PA like looks down at his hand again. (laughs) Whoppers. Just like the other Sean William Scott movies we watched too, uh, within the first 10 minutes, we get the first mention of the movie title final destination it was um, written it was written and it gets zoomed in on i think that counts right like you don't have to have a yeah. gu- if it's if it's zoomed in on like this i well, like the counts. only other time it was said in the movie was some random song that might have been written for this movie Had was playing been. in the car yeah that and was like, like nine you're inch nails going to your final destination <laughs> these <laughs> teens gonna die <laughs> Wait, that was an original song by Nine Inch Nails, wasn't it? Because didn't that sound like uh, Trent Reznor singing? It was. I don't know. It was Balls pretty... in your court there, but it did yeah. seem okay, like it was an original pretty song. Grungy. Okay, turns out it's called a song called Into the Void uh, by Nine Inch Nails, and it was a single during the cafes. And wait, I don't think it was made for this movie. I think it just Whoa. has the words Final no. Destination in it. <laughs> it sounded really placed. It was it was recorded in 1999. I'm looking through the Wikipedia article right now, and there is not a single mention of this movie. What? I'm gonna go I on Genius. Someone was listening, and they're like, "Oh shit, this is gonna be fucking crazy. The director's gonna be so psyched." What's, what's the title? Into the Void by Nine Inch Nails. So you know, on the mention of music, can I get some yeah. like big ups and some some sorries to like John Denver's family who died <laughs> oh brutally in, a, in like a plane crash, and then they're like, anytime somebody's gonna to die in this movie they're like west virginia (laughs) 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 rocky mountain yeah i feel like the my theory in this movie is that it actually had nothing to do with the plane crashes and everything to do with rocky mountain high being played i think death just hates john denver in this movie because before every single death john denver comes on and death just goes ape shit for the person playing it and then at the end not to jump to the end there's a six month break in deaths where death has calmed down and the moment some street performer starts playing it on a guitar people immediately start dying yeah maybe, it's like what yeah maybe it's maybe it's his ghost you think john denver's killing these kids yeah the john denver's <laughs> the bad guy why wasn't it like the guys from leonard skinner or like no for, for that six month break there was actually just a, a john denver cover band touring the southeast america and yeah death was busy he's like yes, well he's i like, gotta oh, let Jesus, the kids yeah. live for a little bit <laughs> i am really confused about i so i think 
they kind of threw Swiss in the I'm coming back from the bathroom thing Mm -hmm. because they didn't really have any good reason to get seven or eight people off the plane. No. Why did that guy just stand up and punch the main character? (laughs) Like he sees him having a asshole. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm having a panic attack. And he stands up. He's like, yeah, well, I'll beat the shit out of you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the 2000s, man. That was like back when I think movies were still like if someone's going crazy, they slap them in the face and they're like, snap Snap out of it. it. And they're like, oh, thanks. I needed that. I'm cured. (laughs) And I feel like you're being hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Also, Alex's friend, that dude was actually like a good dude. Like he was really supportive. He like supported him. Yeah, yeah, in his anxiety attack. He was like, Hey, I called your parents, man, it's all good. And immediately throws hands with Carter as soon as Carter stands up. Like he immediately goes to fight him. Like Todd was a real one the whole time. Yeah. Todd was a bro. And honestly, I was sad that he was one of the first deaths in this movie. Because I kinda wanted Alex to reconcile with Todd. Well, I think the problem was that he was filling part of the same role that Swiss was filling. Mm. In that, like, Todd was an idiot who was right. horny. He was a little horny dude, okay? Yeah. And Swiss was going to end up being the dumb part of the, the, the group. Right. And if you have, like, horny guy who's coming up with a bunch of stupid ideas all the time in the same car riding around town with Swiss. That's true. The dumb guy who kind of just leads the other characters to make explanations. Like, you, there's a lot of fluff there. And I think that... If anybody was going to die first besides Todd, it was probably going to be Swiss. So to, the way to keep yourself safe if we're ever in this situation is to make sure two of us don't have the same character dynamic. Right. So we mm. can't have two anxious Cause guys. Because then, then one of them is funny off. <laughs> Otherwise, like the funnier one is going to be the one who lives, right? So Sean was the funnier one. They had to yeah. kill Todd. It's unfortunate. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, too, in this movie underreactions by people i feel after seeing something fucking insane oh uh, my god right <laughs> the freaking bus scene the bus scene me and julie reacted more than the characters <laughs> they're like oh damn that's crazy and then it's oh. cut to alex just drinking a sprite right after she gets hit with the bus <laughs> watching tv they're covered in blood <laughs> and even after the plane where they're there the plane explodes and Alex is like, holy shit, this is all real. Everyone just looks at each other. Does not, They don't even say anything. I would be like screaming my fucking head off if I saw a plane explode and the windows exploded and I had a premonition of it happening. I'd be hysterical. They would have to medicate me because that is such an insane thing to happen. Nothing from Alex. Just a stone cold customer. I think he could not be more suspicious also. Yeah. He was like, and, just as planned. Yeah. And like, let's be real clear. If this happened one year later, oh my then God. Uh, they would all have been thrown in Guantanamo. And it would, <laughs> it would still be We're there. not even going to investigate, to be entirely honest with you. You're I gone. don't know if John Denver's ghost can get into Guantanamo. <laughs> but, you know, there's not a lot of ways for you to like... <laughs> come into contact with like accidents there yeah like it's weird that we have a plane movie like this and an fbi investigation you know just a year before 9 11 um it adds like a really weird layer to this and i feel like this movie post 9 11 would also maybe have a different dynamic i feel like homeland security would be fucking locking up alex not letting him just walk around and sort of suspiciously kill all his friends right and however remember the movie passengers that we watched yeah with Anne hathaway <laughs> not the one with jennifer lawrence and chris pratt right, right. that was a post 9-11 play that, movie and that was just like oh you're sad now me too granted uh, they were all dead the whole time so uh <laughs> wow spoilers <laughs> spoilers for that shitty movie <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, don't go listen to our episode now. It's spoiled. I mean, maybe download it still. It's a good episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Uh, this movie's also like an OCD nightmare. I feel like um, the numbers, the phrases, coincidences. It's how it must feel, right? Like for someone who actually has like clinical OCD, it's how it must actually feel. Yeah, like I, I have like mild OCD compulsions where I feel like I need to kind of do things to like undo things or to make it not happen. And I was getting like the itch watching this like having people say certain things and then you you watch around and see if something's gonna kill you and certain things happen in a certain way it's like oh fuck i feel like this could induce (laughs) that state in some kids if you watch it at an early age imagine if i watched this instead of signs instead of signs Mm, you wouldn't be so afraid of corn see i think the thing i just want to the point there i think signs as an adult is you know Probably still a scary movie. This movie's not... I didn't think it was scary at all. No, I thought it was going to be way it's kind of worse. blasé. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, thought it was going, I thought it was going to be legitimately yeah. like unsettling. Yeah, I, I found the deaths to be like, holy shit. But in, really, it was just entertaining to me. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't like scared. You know, I wasn't like, holy fuck. I wasn't anxious watching this movie. Um, Honestly, I'm, I'm fine with that too. I don't, I didn't really need that from this movie. I think it was doing what it was trying to do, at least in my opinion. And I think like we were talking about earlier, like it's supposed to be kind of a popcorn movie. You're, you're kind of talking about it with your friends and being like, oh shit, that was so crazy. Mm. Right. But then I think about the movie Scream. And like, yeah, it's the same idea, you know, essentially there's a cast of friends that's doomed and they have, you know, one person telling them that they're doomed and everybody else saying, oh, it's not a big deal. Maybe they have one or two people that believe them. There's cops involved and you're trying to figure out what's going on and how is the main character going to defeat it and all this kind of stuff. But that movie, talk about like a popcorn movie, like it's legitimately good. And the death scenes are like actually good and you can understand why the characters are doing what they're doing. This movie was a complete mess. And even a lesser form of Scream is, I know you did last summer, which we watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know what you did last summer is a not very good, but it's way better than this movie. <laughs> I'd agree with we'll that. We'll get to our scores. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think they were both kind of doing what they set out to do in that they were just kind of supposed to be dumb, fun movies. Like, I don't think this movie was good. And I agree. I think what you did, or what, I know what you did last summer. I think what you did last summer. I think a more well put together movie, like acting wise and just, just everything across the board. Yeah. One scene I did like in this movie was the coroner scene with Alex and clear uh, when they yeah, break in. And what, and, and he was like, I'll see you Sex. soon. <laughs> oh, he what? mentions sex for some yeah, random reason. <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> it was like, you could have just left left that part out. He's like, people we have sex with or don't. <laughs> it's like, I mean, he was... I thought, uh, that he, was, I thought that was the best scene of the movie. And I thought it yeah. was going to be like, he was gonna be kind of a mentor character to these mm-hmm. guys. And they were gonna come back to him with questions about how death works and how to stop it and all this kind of stuff. And he just set the atmosphere, killed that scene, said, I'll see you soon, which was kind of a joke about like, you know, you're going to die soon. But then it would have made more sense if he actually saw them again in the movie. Yeah, I mean, that gets to my question. He's billed as Bloodworth in this movie. And I'm wondering if he's not even a coroner, if he's just a manifestation or like a servant of death or like a spirit. Oh, see, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I wonder if that was the scene because he knows about what's happening directly. 
and he says some really insane psycho shit if he's a person <laughs> to these scared teens where he's like death has a design and you better cheat it right and you have all these visions could you and- imagine if he was just spitballing yeah yeah like, he's just like man these kids come in here i'm gonna scare the <laughs> shit out of them and he says what? this stuff <laughs> And then the kid starts believing in it and, like, ends up coincidentally being present in all these murder scenes. You're telling me those kids died? <laughs> oh, 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 shit. I was just trying to scare him straight, man. I get paid minimum wage and they fucking broke in. I just wanted to scare him. So we're, we're building up to all these deaths. We kind of get an idea that Clear has some kind of psychic connection uh, with the main character, Alex. And Clear was uh, was another person who was on the plane. Um, and she's kind of also figuring out that something wacky's going on. And you see kind of a union start forming between the survivors, which I think is where it starts getting fun for me. I uh, think... Jace, down a friend. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Um, why mention the psychic connection in the first 30 minutes and then never, never again show the char- show that she's unsettled when Alex is she having was completely a, oblivious. a 12 it, monkeys level breakdown? <laughs> <laughs> like, she was completely oblivious when she was the target and he knew that and was trying to save her. Yeah, but- I think in... In the Brian cut, I think we'll, it, was, it was explained, and, oh. and maybe this one, yeah, the, it, maybe it was. Another thing, too, is, like, I thought they had some history, like, because right. she said this weird line, 40 years of high school, and you don't say a word to me. And I was like, oh, yeah. they knew each other in, like, growing up and in middle school. And then later, she has to explain that her parents are dead. Well, that was the point of, in that same speech, she says, four years, you never talk to me, and somehow I have this deep connection to you like that i know what you're feeling right i i think if she said instead of like somehow she said i still like that would have opened up a whole different layer to the character Mm. yeah i think the idea was that she was supposed to be psychically sensitive like alex was and so that's why she had also had a vision at the end of the movie and sensed death coming in the same way alex does you know what that would have been a great way to put in her backstory with her parents being dead like ever since then i've been paranoid You know, I've been able to see when it happens. There was a connection scene, though, halfway through where they're both drinking Alka-Seltzer at the same time. Did you guys, did you guys pick what? up on that? Alka-Seltzer gives you visions of death. <laughs> oh, gives shit. You visions of death, dog. Yeah, he, like, puts alka He's, like, drinking Alka-Seltzer, and then, like, randomly she's, like, talking, and then she puts Alka-Seltzer in, in the glass, like, literally the next scene, like, as they're talking to each other. Why? I've never taken Alka Seltzer. Was that, was that a two thousands thing? She had like a psychic connection no, but, and felt, no, felt the like, craving. Was that a two thousands thing? I don't even know Alka what Seltzer's it does. Alka Seltzer definitely used to be. Those are in movies all the time. What is it? What does it do? Because yeah, in that that famous scene, what is it? Taxi Driver. People would take them for hangovers. In this situation, okay. they drink them. It seems like for fun. Stress, I don't maybe. know what it does. Is is it like Tums where it just like tastes good? Yeah, I think it's like it? Tums. It's probably sodium bicarbonate. It's an anti. It's an anti-inflammatory drug. What the? F- Wait, no, that's aspirin. What the fuck? Okay, fuck this. Okay. Um, did you guys maybe- also take three quarters of the movie to figure out that the character's name is Clear instead of Claire and not Claire? Yeah, because it sounds like Claire. I feel like when they're saying it, but then every time the name pops up, it's Clear it's Rivers. Clear. Yeah. Her name is Her Clear, Clear Rivers. Rivers. It's a cool name. It's nine. It's the nineties. Yeah, I I got it um, just because I had I had fucking subtitles on, and I thought the subtitles were broken at first. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but it, I I also I've never seen that name before, but I bet it's everywhere in Los Angeles. So the next death in this movie was Mrs. Luton, right? Like once we once we kind of 
figure out the pattern. And, uh, you know, Alex is dealing with this in probably the most sus way he could possibly. Yeah, for real. <laughs> go, like, seriously, go to her house, sneak around outside, fuck with her car. Fuck with her car. Get caught by FBI agents, get arrested, <laughs> taken back to the station. Yeah. Bust out and then go back to the house. And then cryptically say to the FBI, she's next. She's going to fucking die next. <laughs> And then not explain anything. <laughs> Be caught with the murder weapon. Yeah, he grabs the knife with his bare hand, <laughs> pulls it out like an idiot. And let me just say, you know, all of the all of the deaths were quite dramatic and upsetting. Todd's death was really sad and fucked up. Like Mrs. Loon's death <laughs> was hilarious, comical, it was so fucking comical. It's like ah, ah. <laughs> the uh. I half expected her to like step on a skateboard, yeah, and, like, and then roll around the house and run into a china cabinet. But the uh, I don't understand how many glasses of vodka has she had already for her to not notice that her glass of vodka was leaking all over the place. Yeah, like, it was pouring. I mean, she was she was walking, so she's holding this mug in, of vodka in front of her, and then it's dripping down onto the ground, and she's walking over the path, and she yeah. doesn't notice that it's happening. I mean, why also would it make your computer explode like a fucking claymore? <laughs> the, yeah, especially when the computer was like off. And then she falls backwards, lights on fire, then a kitchen knife falls and stabs her. <laughs> and then she tries to pull it out and then a chair falls and stabs Steps it further. It in front. Yeah, that one was, that good. was good. It's like this like death in this movie has a sense of humor because it's not like, you know, I think it would be easy for someone to have a heart attack. Or just have an aneurysm and just die. That's not enough. It has to be some fucking Looney Tunes, like, insane thing to really pay it back or some shit in this movie. (laughs) Someone dies by going into a tunnel that's painted on a wall. (laughs) And the rock falls. That's how, because Sean William Scott was on his bike. Yeah, yeah. He could have done that. Oh, yeah, so the Sean William Scott on his bike uh, scene in this movie. The whole bit. I thought the the bit was fucking hilarious. Where he, (laughs) he comes up and at the funeral... Of all times, yeah. he's like, hey, I got an 80 on my driver's test. It's the lowest score you can get. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like happy. And then apparently he failed, of course, right? So he has to ride his bike everywhere. So everywhere, every time you see Sean William Scott, he's like getting hit by a car on his bike. <laughs> and then he gets in the kind of the bad guy, like the bad boy character. He gets in that car. And then is giving him like driving tips and stuff. That was so funny. Yeah, his his character was hilarious and just like a good Sean, you know, role. He's reacting so much to these move these things. And him driving by Miss Newton's house or like on his bicycle, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Alex!" And the house explodes and knocks him <laughs> off his bike. <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't think he stayed on his bike in any scene he was in uh, in his bike like right like <laughs> somehow he got knocked off his bike every single time yeah i really want to see final destination hitchcock story and it's just like him living his life and just like stumbling into all of these scenes <laughs> where things are exploding and trains are hitting things he's just trying to like fucking go back to school and the exact like the the should i ask out cindy taylor <laughs> it's like i'm not a psychic like but should i <laughs> is she gonna say no okay okay and then his his line is like please tell me i'm gonna see the jets win the super bowl <laughs> and they still haven't yeah they still haven't Ooh. like all of his lines in this movie i think one one for one was, was really funny he's like i fucking hated french class <laughs> and then that builds up to the next death or i guess his because we think it's going to be carter's death man Ryan, you mentioned yeah, that was a crazy scene. Metal frisbee head sawn in half. 
I wish it had less yeah. buildup, right? Like, because I knew I saw what was coming. Same. And I saw what was coming about five different times. And yeah. I wish maybe like just leave some breadcrumbs. Maybe you don't know who that flying piece of metal is going to kill. But mm-hmm. like it was it was pretty obvious. Why and, is he getting closer to the train? <laughs> right. He starts walking towards the train. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And I that's I think my main problem of this movie is like, it made everything so obvious, and it was pretty clear when things were a red herring and when they were actually going to be a thing that killed them, right? And that's the fun thing about slashers is like, okay, you have this person, and they're in a barn, and there's a bunch of rusty equipment, right? And they, you know, turn, turn around the corner. Oh, no, they're scared by a rake. Well, it's obvious the rake's not going to kill them. It's not the serial killer. And then eventually they turn the corner, and oh, no, you know, Leatherface is there. But in this movie, it's like equally plausible that the rake is the serial killer. So they have to make it obvious that it's not going to hurt the person in a different way than just like a visual reveal of what's actually there. And I thought they the way they did that was like beating you over the head by the first thing in the scene never kills anybody. It's always the thing at the end that they think you're, you're not going to see coming. Mm. And... It just gets, by the end, it just gets really boring. Even the final scene, the last kill of the movie in the epilogue, like, you see, as it's soon, telegraphed, yeah. Yeah, as soon as they showed the marquee, like, above the cafe, I was like, oh, yeah. I said to Julie, someone's getting crushed by that marquee. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it is telegraphed, but I think, for me, it kind of made it a little, a little fun in that, or I was just like, okay, like, I know this is going to fuck someone up, and I just want to see how it happens <laughs> for me. Um, but also, that scene with Carter was interesting, because they're all in the car, and Carter, he starts having, like, a breakdown where he's trying to crash the car with all of them in it, because he's, like, he can't stand, like, waiting for his turn on the list or some shit. And they, they convince him not to, and it switches to to Billy, and that's when they kind of figure out that you can skip over people uh, if you if you prevent their deaths. So Carter's death was prevented from the train because uh, Alex saved him. Then Billy died. And that's when they kind of figure out like, oh, shit, we can just fucking skip our deaths, which leads to like another funny scene for me was was Alex in the uh, the cabin just trying to death proof everything, like putting corks over every nail. What's crazy is like what if something happens where like a Rube Goldberg death thing, like a fishing rod falls over and almost kill, like sends a knife through his head. And he's like, oh, not this time, not this time, tetanus. But then like it wasn't his turn to die. So that means that just happened, like, by itself. <laughs> That's a good point. Because huh. it turns out Alex wasn't next on the list. It was clear. So that Rube Goldberg shit, that ha- that was just his fault. <laughs> it was just, like, how he laid out his cabin. And I don't understand why, like, in that scene, yeah. the fishing rod falls over and knocks. The hook catches the door handle. The door right. opens. That somehow sends a knife flying from behind the door. Yeah. It sticks through the door, this giant knife. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, huh. And then he bends down and picks up a fish hook that's not attached to anything. It was not related at all in this scene. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. you almost got me, rusty fish hook. <laughs> no, you moron. This is why you always die. Like, everywhere you go, you guys, because you don't realize that the things that are going to kill you are going to kill you. That It was the knife. He didn't the, knife the knife was the thing that was going to kill you, not the fish hook. The fish hook was the thing that opened the door. Maybe he would have dodged the knife and then in the dodge fell on the fish hook. And then got tetanus like a month later. Yeah, and that's what I thought too. Like he's like tetanus, not today. It's like yeah, tetanus doesn't kill you today. Like yeah, that's it, not it, how any of these deaths have happening. Like what? 
what makes you think that death is like giving people medical conditions right now? Yeah, like this this death is like not one of those ones who wants to just watch someone like die slowly. This do this they want something hilarious. He's kind of merciful. Yeah, it's. You think I mean, that Billy's lady was, was just super tough, and that's why yeah. he had to like explode her and stab her <laughs> and explode her again. As he was like, "Oh shit, she lived. She's like Rasputin. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Okay, now the knives. Now pull on this rag, and the knives will fall." You think that the good prequel will be Rasputin going through this, and then oh, it's where yeah, he was that's like, what, "That's why he stumbles around in the forest <laughs> for like three days." Yeah, and that's like, "God damn, this fucking guy is crazy." I really thought Carter was next because his line, I'm never going to die, I thought was like a huge telegram. (laughs) He was instantly going to die. But yeah, like I I would watch 10 episodes of a Netflix show of just a guy in a cabin fighting death in a 1v1 puzzle competition, just like trying to just outsmart him (laughs) in that situation. Like I really liked that sequence. I read that this was supposed to be a single episode of X-Files. Oh, right. The movie. But I mean, I've never watched X-Files, so. That would be dope. Fox would get it. Well, the ending of this movie, we should we should say, is the clear scene, which I think is I think the most insane chain reaction we've it's seen. It's the so stupidest far. thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like someone was looking around in a garage and was like, okay, how can we like fucking the the rail thing from the garage is gonna stop the car <laughs> and these power lines are gonna come out. It was just literally it was literally insane. And then Jace, did you catch yeah. Jace, did you catch the um mistaken physics explanation when the power line was on the car? He runs up and he's like, don't get out. You're grounded by the tires. I do recall that. Wouldn't that be insulated? Yeah, exactly. It's the fact that you're you're not grounded is the reason you're not dead. That's a good point, Ryan. Stepping stepping with one foot out would ground you and then you would be the conduit. Zap. He's also like 17. Those guys are idiots anyways. <laughs> Probably didn't even pass physics class. He's standing next to the wire too. Yeah, but and then he it. just grabs yeah. it and like it burns his hands. Yeah, and he, and he dies. But he gets CPR back to life. Julie noticed the fake CPR. And I just did my CPR training last week. Oh, yeah? And that was fake AF. He, they pushed on his chest and his head recoiled. His head yeah. came up. <laughs> Maybe he was a dummy. So uh, Alex sacrifices himself to save Clear in this in, in kind of a logically questionable way, I wasn't sure if it was like going to work, but he was like, oh, I'm going to make it skip you and go straight to me and you're going to live. And then he electric, he like jumps on the power line or whatever. And they, uh, he gets resuscitated and he actually doesn't die and, and clear lives cut to the epilogue that we were talking about earlier. And they're in France drinking beers. The, the three survivors, Carter, Alex, and clear. Wait, when Alex shows up, like as the third person getting off the plane. Yeah. Like I thought, I didn't even know that was Alex. He looked so different. Yeah, like her. He was Got like, "Hey guys, let's go to Paris." And I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" He didn't look like a forty-year-old man. <laughs> that, well, see, yeah. that, it was a character redesign. That, that was Brian. <laughs> yes, Brian. That's Brian who was cut out. I was a little confused by that, but then at the end, uh, literally Carter is like, "Man, I can't believe we all made it six months later. <laughs> Here we are in Paris, France, drinking beers, and we're all gonna be fine." <laughs> Me, Carter. You, Alex. You, Clear. We were all friends. Remember earlier in the movie? When we weren't, and now we are, and nothing's going to touch us. Except... (laughs) It's funny that, like we mentioned earlier, six months pass, no incident. Guitar guy starts playing Rocky Mountain High and starts to shit all over again. I would have tackled his ass and broke that guitar over his fucking head because it instantly happens again. But then, yeah, the death comes back and then uh, Alex is about to get hit by a bus or something and he gets saved. And then it skips and Carter's like, oh, who 
who's next now? And then he gets killed by the sign. Which is k- kind of a funny ending. I thought that was that was kind of funny. And and cut two. That was the movie. Like there's not really a conclusion to the uh the no. problem here. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. In fact, isn't they're worse clear, off than they were half hour ago. Is it clear in the <laughs> second movie as well? Yeah. Is she like yeah, I don't her know act, these. the actresses and the characters. So yeah, Alex dies in between the first and the second one. Off screen, oh, he dies? fuck. They don't even. I, you know, I agree with it because I think they casted poorly. So yeah, honestly, finishing this movie, I kind of wanted to watch the others. Yeah, I feel me like too. that'd be a really fun like mini season to do. <laughs> just right after this one, just like watch the rest of the Final Destination movies and then just see how the shit shakes down. We but should yeah, get like, to the review. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. The Sean, the Shinometer. We haven't talked about Sean like a whole lot this movie, which which might spoil a little bit of our Shinometer. But how Sean William Scott was this movie? How well was he represented? Um, how well does it connect with our representations of him? And then afterwards, we're going to talk about the movie meter, what we actually thought about this dang thing. Uh, who starts the Shinometer this week? Would it, you, would it is be your me? movie? Okay, I'll start with my Shinometer. This movie uh, had the least amount of Sean. This was 2000, so this is coming like right after American Pie. I think Sean was like just coming into the scene he hasn't really been casted as like kind of a leading role in many movies at this point so he's still kind of a fresh face but i think he was the best part of this movie which is kind of one of my gauges for sean he's a supporting actor he's something he's someone that can spread his sean sauce on the movie and elevate elevate it to the next level i think he does that here all of his scenes were really funny he was kind of like a lovable goofball uh he was kind of an idiot in this movie which i think checks off for me uh he was also kind of shibby so i I think that's i'm gonna give some uh some on on the shibby meter there too overall this is gonna be a little low i I think i'm gonna give it a four on the shinometer because i think he was represented well in the scenes that he was in he was very memorable um but this is not a sean william scott movie I don't think you watch this uh, because you like Sean William Scott necessarily. I think you watch it for other reasons. Jace? Yeah, I I would definitely agree. Uh, he it hit the same points for me. Really, really low volume. I do not kid when I think the fan had more on screen airtime <laughs> yeah. than Swiss did in this. But um, effective use of his character. I, I love the character design of wearing the, the hockey jersey, dropping the malted balls on the floor of the plane, and then just continuity. All the things we talked about. It um, it feels like in the Sean-verse, this character could just be... High school Sean. The high school Sean. Um, yeah, it's, it's good continuity, yeah. So I think... Um, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to give it a six. It was high. It, the His essence in there was enough that I feel I can give it over a five. It's it's still the same same Swiss, just yeah. less of it. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much on par. You guys have said pretty much everything. I, I do want to give another shout out to the, to the biking and driver's license bit because that was actually funny. And it was a joke that wasn't <laughs> straight up said. It wasn't ever like, I got a bike everywhere because I don't have my driver's license. Yeah. I thought that was really set up or set up well. And then I was originally going to go with a three based on like limited quantity. He's, you know, unfortunately told to overact. But he, there's, there's a couple things in there. Like, you know, when, when he gets the squeaky like, damn. <laughs> and then he uh, he's on the cover, I think. Right. And he's in the yeah. credits. So that that's a couple points. So three plus like my two points. He doesn't get a caca point. That's true. So <laughs> can you I imagine think- a caca scene? <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna end up getting like when you see death give us a signal okay i'll do a caw, caw. and uh <laughs> so i think i'm gonna go with a five and i think that's like 
pretty high, and it's going to be hard to get lower than that. I think if he was casted outside his typecast for me, then, you know, he would go down a couple into like the three or two range. But this is still, he's still playing himself. It's just, he just needs the the other five points are quantity wise. I feel that. I feel that. Um, okay. So kind of lower on the Sean, uh, Sean score here, but for the movie meter, um, also as an aside, I saw Todd's name was spelled a one D. Did you see that thing that the German word for Todd is death? Like oh. T O D the way oh. it's spelled. It's kind of crazy. Shit. This is genius. It's him. Uh, it's fucking him. Oh, it's Todd. He thinks <laughs> as far as what I think for this movie, I, uh, I was kind of split. Like I think it ended up being better than what I expected. Um, going into this, I was kind of dreading it. I was like, okay, I know this is a classic, but it's a 2004 movie. It's not really my thing. Is this going to be just like a shit show that's going to be kind of disturbing for me? But I kind of found it like a fun, light watch, actually. The logic was very kind of light and sort of dumb. Like it wasn't uh, wasn't a movie where you're supposed to like think very hard about it. But I was kind of along for the ride. There was a sense of world building with how death works. And there was a sense of mysticism. And I liked the aspect that there isn't really something coming after you it's it's like this force of nature and the way that it was depicted was kind of unique i think the dynamic between the characters was kind of fun it was very moody i liked the 2000s 90s fashion and the vibes in this movie i think it's a really fun time capsule but i don't think it's like a good quality like product you're not watching this thing to like really observe film or whatever the fuck we do <laughs> uh so for that reason i think i'm, I'm gonna give it a seven because i think it accomplishes some of what it set out to do which is entertain you know I, I sat my ass in front of this this movie and i think i was entertained for 90 minutes i think it was pretty tight i don't think i was really bored throughout this movie uh which says a lot oh god have mercy i think um i don't i don't feel too strongly about this like i don't have any strong negative reactions the same way they don't have any strong positive reactions like i feel like generally these, some of these movies we've been watching for Sean William Scott have elicited one or the other, as opposed to me just coming out neutral. And the, what what didn't hit in this movie for me was the acting of the young cast. Like we talked about the the theatricalness of it. A lot of the time when Clear was, was presenting dialogue or giving speeches, it kind of seemed nonsensical. It didn't really seem like there was any emotion in it. Or like the emotion wasn't matched to where we were at or or was blown way out of proportion. Um, and the same way with the rest of the characters. So, yeah. you know, maybe they meant it to be that way. But it, if, it, if that's true, then it wasn't effective for me. And I didn't think it was great storytelling. I do. I love the idea that death is kind of in some cases, may, maybe a reason to bring points down is that like they personify death a little bit. Like he causes the death of Todd and then causes water to retract back through a bathroom into a pipe. But then we don't see any of the other deaths really like enforced in that way. So, you know, that that's that's similar to some of the things we talked about in the review where it's like they kind of set themselves up to for us to for me to have an expectation of what was going to happen in the film for it to be thrown away or to not touch not be touched upon again. But yeah, I don't think it was like super, I think I'm going to go straight down the middle as a five, five, almost a six. Didn't love it, though. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, this I think. I'm going to, I think, be maybe a little unexpectedly harsh on this movie because I want to say upright, like, my favorite genre is a slasher, is, is a slasher genre. And, like, the fact that this kind of skirts that same line but does it so poorly, in my opinion, and kind of crawls back under the, oh, but it's really a psychological thriller. Well, yeah, but no, because all the story beats are 
it's the same thing as a slasher. And the slashers usually I, I kind of put in like two groups. There's the smart slashers and the dumb slashers. And the main thing that divides them is how much you know about the characters. In the dumb ones, you don't know a thing. It's they show up to camp and they get chopped in half by Jason. In the smart ones, it's like Scream. And I know what you did that summer where there's full character backgrounds and they have like a there's a whole town that has a story and a personality and stuff. And you learn the, you know, the the history of the characters and everything like that and why that death is after them. But this movie, the only time it really tried to do that was with clear when she said my parents died 10 years ago, whatever. And that speech has was spoofed 20 years before this movie came out in Gremlins. Gremlins had this spoof scene where the character goes on and on and on and on about how her dad died playing Santa getting stuck in the chimney. And so she hates Christmas. And, the, and then like it's nobody ever mentions it again. And it's but it's on purpose. And in this movie, we're supposed to like take the same speech and make it somehow be the only part of this character background and have it turn it from a dumb movie into a smart movie. I think if you do less work. It would be a better movie. Just give us a bunch of teens and off them in weird ways. You don't have to have all these explanations. If, if you come up with those explanations, you have to like do your due diligence and make it like a serious, serious movie. That's like something that Scream did four years before this movie. I know what you did that summer. Didn't that come out in 1999? Like this is the third one of these, but it's it's trying to capitalize on that phenomenon without fully understanding it. And for that reason, I'm going to dock it way low because I didn't have a fun time watching it. The whole time I thought I would rather be watching Scream. And so I'm going to give it a two. And I probably because my expectations were so high. I wanted to like this. And I remember the other movies kind of at least giving me some shock value. And the only ones I I liked Sean William Scott's death itself, not the lead up. And I liked the bus lead up, but not the death. And so it's like... They, they, they kind of almost have it, but they didn't do it right in any circumstance. So, yeah, I'll Damn. give it a two. Damn, a two. Ryan, I thought this was going to be a slam dunk for you. Like, finishing this movie, I was like, Ryan might give it a 10. Like, <laughs> I, I, I thought this was like a surefire Ryan movie. No, you can't come in with <laughs> yeah. that, like, scream knockoff. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. But Final Destination, not really a Sean movie. Is it a Sean movie? Is it a good movie? Uh, you guys let us know what you think now that you heard us heard us talk about what we think. But with that, we digested Final Destination. And now it's time for a new Sean movie. What are we going to hit next week? Jace, I believe it's your pick this week. Yeah, I think um, coming into episode six... You know, I'm concerned uh, because I I think about what movie that I want to pitch. And then sometimes I look back at the list and then I'm like, man, it would just be so funny to pivot. And then, you know, we do 10 episodes. So then sometimes we miss movies that I really want to watch. I think that probably happens for all of us. So like right now, I want to watch either Goon or Role Models. Two Sean William Scott movies that are like, yeah, both comedies, both R rated, really highly, really funny, quite a bit different. Career too. Yeah a lot different than what we've been watching but then i'm just like you know he's got the movie just before i go that has a nine percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> oh, oh my no. god <laughs> no. um you know and then he's got a movie he's got a movie called stark raving mad that's also r-rated crime comedy oh my god 6.2 on imdb but a 20 percent on rotten tomatoes 
And like, you know, those are like calling to me right now. Like we can, I can, we, I can watch a known quantity. I can rewatch yeah. role models with right. him and Paul Rudd hamming it up and enjoy it so much. Or I can just fuck us, you know? And I think we should have a guest next week. And I think if we're going to have a guest, we should make them watch something terrible. <laughs> this is an opportunity because you're not going to watch any of these movies on your own. And uh, you know, as a note, I'm looking at Stark Raving Mad. This is during his hot streak. We're looking at 2002. This is during the great Sean Run. I was trying to get outside of that. I wanted to. Outside of the Sean Run. And I don't think we can. I think we have to watch <laughs> Stark raving mad is he the which main I, actor which i've He's never one. i've never even heard of I've this i've never movie. heard of this yo it made fifty four thousand dollars in the box I, office dude the 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 movie just before i leave made only ten thousand dollars in the box office what guys the fuck the the thing is like there's a couple really terrible movies i want to watch too but if we don't don't start watching the good sean movies we're not going to be able to uh-huh. look this is episode six we'll have what four more episodes to watch some of the we can watch the goons we can watch the role models um but we're in mid-season right now and usually mid-season that's when we start digging a little bit all right Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's see how much we can stretch this season and, <laughs> and see how far we can go. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so start craving mad because balls do out it. would be funny too. I know. We might have to do an 11th episode because this guy's got so much good shit. We have his three biggest movies. Well, his, I think his four biggest movies we haven't watched yet. Oh my God. Okay. We're just, we're, we're dancing around it. We're like, we're all just trying not to be the one who suggests American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Start craving mad. Let's do it next week. We're going to be probably one of 12 people who've uh, who've seen this movie. I think it's on Tubi, maybe. Uh, but folks, if you want to watch along, give it a try and DM us if you're having issues. Uh, or find found a way to watch this movie legally because we're an above-board podcast. Uh, okay, it also so much. has the same title as a, a TV show. TV show with Tony Shalhoub and Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us this week and every week. Do not forget to subscribe and write us a review. Physically type one, please. Uh, I, I would please. love a freshie. Okay, we actually got a fresh five star recently. All right, I noticed. Thank you to the anonymous five star. But if you can type us physically one, oh, Apple goes crazy for that, and so do Give me those yummy reviews, please. And with that, do you guys want to leave our audience with a Seanism? Oh, sure. Go ahead, Denali. This was your movie. We can, we can popcorn a Seanism. Okay, okay. Let me think of a Sean. I'm going I'm to try to channel this movie. Mm-hmm. Remember. Whoppers. <laughs> Go. Quack. Did you say quack with a Q? Yeah. Towards. <laughs> Weird. Ass. John. Wick. <laughs> Sequels. <laughs> Denver. Denver. God damn it. Oh. You <laughs> said John. I always thought Her- Wick was Remember on my mind. Remember that, folks. Remember that. <laughs> Don't ever forget it. See John Wick in theaters now. I think John. I think the ghost of John Wick haunting you is way scarier than the ghost of John Denver. That could be. Oh, that's a good one.